courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, the topic of this workshop is traveling abstinently. My name is Sue, and I am one of the leaders uh, for this meeting. The other speaker is? I am Chris. Here we go. Um, this session is being taped and will not be edited. Please note that this session might be available online or on a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. Will someone please volunteer to be the timer? Do we have that? Yep, terrific. Uh, the timer will give a signal when five minutes are remaining. The leaders share. So we're going to uh, share each um, for 20 minutes on the topic. And then if you could give us, I don't know when you want. Shauna, can you let me know when uh, 15 minutes has gone by? Sure. Thanks. Okay. Hi everyone, um, my name is Chris and I'm a grateful recovering food addict. Hi Chris. Um, I come from New Hampshire and um, I am, as of this month, actually 40 years that I've been in and around OA. Um, I've had, um, when I first came into OA I had four years of abstinence and then I went out and did some more research and came back to OA um, 75 pounds more. And, um, and uh, so for the last 21 years, I have been abstinent. Um, I have been <coughs> traveling for more than 40 years. So my experience has been that I have traveled abstinently and I have traveled not abstinently. And I can tell you that um, traveling, tra traveling abstinently is a whole lot easier than traveling and not being abstinent. And my experience has been that when I was not abstinent and traveling, I was really consumed with what I was going to consume next. Um, and I didn't really experience the places that I've been to. Um, I also had um, these thoughts of trying to get rid of my traveling companion, which at times was a friend and at other times was my husband, so that I could eat the way I wanted to eat. Um, and I've had the experience of eating, being traveling for two weeks and then having to actually, after one week, buy other clothes because my clothes didn't fit. Um, so I don't have to experience that today, traveling abstinently, and I have traveled pretty extensively throughout the U.S., Canada, Mexico, um, and I've traveled throughout Europe. I actually lived in Munich, Germany for two years and traveled pretty extensively throughout Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Um, I traveled to Kazakhstan and to Korea. And, um, and I can tell you that the places that were the most difficult to travel to were places where I didn't know the language. Um, that primarily was Korea and, and Kazakhstan, um, and actually Sicily I went to um, and didn't really know the language, but those little Berlitz books are really um, important to have. You can look up allergy and 
um, the foods that, that um, you know, you want to avoid. And um, one of the things that's been important to me is to make a distinction between can't and don't. Um, when, I, when I'm asking for help from people um, like wait staff or looking for certain foods, I, I make sure that I say I can't eat flour and sugar not I don't eat flour and sugar, because there is a, actually a distinction in some people's minds between the don't, it sounds like a choice, and for me, um, it really is a can't. I have a disease and I don't feel good when I eat flour and sugar. And um, it would be the same if I had celiac disease or if I was diabetic. Um, so I treat it like that, um, that it's really, it's really important to me, and it's really something that I, I make a point of saying. Um, I, uh, I can say that um, when I first came to Germany, um, I realized that I needed, to ask, I needed to ask questions about certain foods, and I was actually in a deli one time where there was something on the board, and I, I knew the word. Um, it was like... Um, I'm sorry, I am going to talk about foods. If that's going to bother somebody, then, um, you know, just so you know. Um, but there, um, there were quiches on the menu, and I knew one of them had, had onion in it, and I asked um, if somebody could tell me what the other one was in English. And this woman came out and said, um, I don't know what that is but, uh, in English, but I know that Popeye eats it. <laughs> so that was pretty clear. So I can say that, that one of the, the important things for me has been, has been to ask for help, to pause and ask my higher power for help, um, but, and to also ask other people for help and support. When I went to Korea, um, it, was, um, it was a homeland journey for my son. We adopted, my husband and I adopted a little um, little boy from uh, little boy who's 24 now um, from South Korea, and um, this was a homeland journey with 43 other families who had adopted from Korea, and I told the people on the um, that were um, translators on the on the trip um, that I had an allergy to flour and sugar and asked if they would help me in different restaurants, which was really important because what, one thing I didn't know at the time was that a staple food in Korea is kimchi and it is fermented in sugar. Um, so um, that was something that I stayed away from. And um, in Kazakhstan, when I went to Kazakhstan, I went with a friend of mine in program who was adopting a baby there, and we both um, we both told the uh, social worker who was going to be working with us that we had food allergies, and she helped us navigate the grocery store, and um, and helped us to buy food because we were going to be cooking food, and we had to be careful in Kazakhstan because we couldn't. We couldn't eat any fruits or vegetables that you couldn't peel or cook. Um, we would get very sick if we did. And uh, so we, we really um, needed to be careful. And one of the things I, I knew about Kazakhstan um, is that 
there might have been some difficulty in getting foods and so one of the things I've done when I've traveled is I've brought supplement foods. Um, I've had to I've had to figure out what is a, it, what are foods that I could take, foods that don't what I call sing and dance for me. Um, salty foods sing and dance for me. So there are some things like nuts that I really couldn't do, and I I had to get honest about that. I had to really think about you know, what I could take. Um, and I took, truthfully, half of my suitcase was some dehydrated uh, fruits and some supplemental um, protein and some, some cereals. Um, and um, I do that sometimes when I'm traveling, even if I'm traveling um, within the United States, that I, I pack some things just in case I'm in an airport and we get canceled or, you know, I, I, I'm in a, in a pinch, um, then I have, I have something else that I can, that I can have. Um, and it's been important for me to remember that, that I need to pause and think it through, but also that if I have a meal that is really kind of not such a great meal, that another meal is coming. Um, I've, I've found that um, one of the most, some of the most difficult places for me have been like amusement parks or in the, in the summer times when people are going by with things that I can't eat. And then I have what I call the Beach Boys Syndrome, which is, uh, wouldn't it be nice if I could eat that? <laughs> Um, and um, I have a friend in program, my friend Scott, who says the next song needs to be God Only Knows, because <laughs> God only knows what would happen if I ate that. Um, but to think it through, too, and, and to really remember what that would look like if I, if I did eat that. Um, so, let me see. Um, and, you know, it's been important for me over the years to, to do the best I can, um, to really not, um, to not be so hard on myself, to not make it harder than it has to be, and, um, and to know that, you know, I might, I might not um, be able to eat um, everything that I typically eat when I'm traveling, and to let it go. To just let it go, and um, and remember also that another meal is coming. Um, Um, we good? Um, I can say that um, Disney World uh, for me in traveling there was um, was hard in the in the way of the you know wouldn't it be nice kind of thing, um, but it also was one of the easiest places that I've been to in terms of their restaurants because in their restaurants 
There's a note at the bottom of every menu that says, if you have any food allergies, talk to the wait staff. And I have done that, and, um, and the, the wait staff goes and gets the chef, and the chef comes out and sits at the table and asks what you would like to eat and makes whatever you want um, and um, prices it moderately. It's, it's not an extra expense or anything. And, I, you know, I'm really grateful that there are places that will do that. But I, I ask for what I need. Um, my abstinence is really important to me. And I treat it like that. I treat it as, um, as anybody would if they had a disease that they would get sick from. And I wouldn't immediately get sick if I ate something that I can't eat. Um, but it would affect me, and I know that. And so I, I make sure that I get what I want, and I, and I have, um, you know, I, I think the, the three important things for me have been to ask for help from my higher power um, and from people around me, to get honest with the trigger foods that would be a problem for me, and to carry backup foods that would that would help me if I was in a pinch, um, to ask for advice from my sponsor if I need it. Um, time zones are are something that have really messed me up at times, and I just really need to think it through. You know, to look at the flight plan and what time what times I'm going to be arriving. Um, I don't count on, on airplane food to uh, it at all. Um, I bring my own meals if I'm going to be on a flight that carries over through a meal. Um, and I do the best I can. Um, pause and think it through and ask for help from my higher power. Um, and that's all. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sue Compulsive Overeater, and uh, it's good to be here. Very grateful to be here. I thought, oh, I'm talking on Friday. The room's going to be empty. I thought I'd be talking to two or three people. So um, thank you for um, uh, being here. Uh, I, uh, I'm from Massachusetts, outside of Boston. Uh, came into program 1986, uh, 260 pounds. I was 22 years old. So. I've been in the program and abstinent for 32 years, uh, maintaining over 100 pound weight loss. And I am uh, so grateful for this program and uh, for the people that have uh, helped me along the way. You, uh, you might, this is, it's interesting to get 20 minutes. Like at our meetings at home, usually the speaker's like 15 minutes. And, um, and it's such a narrow topic. So you're probably going to hear a lot of the same things from me that uh, you heard from Chris. Um, and as I was like, oh, I'm going to bore them. But I'm thinking, no, we're abstinent, and we picked this. And, and the truth is uh, we're probably doing a lot of the same things. Um, and uh, so uh, before I uh, – I didn't look at the, the, the layout so much – and I realized I came in a little bit early. If people were in the room before, um, that the that the meeting before this was on the three-legged stool um, of of recovery, 
And I was thinking, when I was thinking about what I was going to talk about and how I was going to approach this, I was thinking about that, that, that really traveling abstinently uh, in recovery, first I was just going to give you all tips, you know, and, and I'll get to those if people want them. Um, but I thought, you know what, this is, recovery here is a spiritual, emotional, and physical uh, journey. And so is every journey uh, that I take when I travel. And um, I was going to start with the physical stuff, and then I said, no. <laughs> so you got to start with the spiritual stuff. Because if you start with the physical stuff in any aspect of program, and travel is one of those, it's like you're just trying to muscle through. You know, and like ask for another diet and another plan. And I have found in my, in my years of, of uh, program that it doesn't, the program doesn't, when I'm trying to push against it, like my will, um, and I'm going to get a new diet or I'm going to find the perfect food plan or I'm going to get all the right ingredients, uh, I, I'm setting myself up to fail. And um, so when I, start from the spiritual approach. And um, so when I'm thinking about uh, traveling, I have to remember, I have to bring a certain mindset to it. Mostly that I'm so grateful um, to be traveling in recovery and, and living in recovery. And the reason that I get to go on these trips and be with people is because I'm in recovery. and. Um, I was just talking to somebody, we were talking about joy, and uh, she's not in program, and she said, but, but if you need, the necessity, the, ne necess blah, the necessary ingredient for joy is gratitude. And I think we, we, we in the program understand that. And so, um, you know, thinking about any trip, the trip coming up here, I'm from Massachusetts, and you know, coming up, I, and I was thinking, what a joy. I haven't been to a convention, seriously, in decades. Um, and what a joy I get to come, you know, and um, I'll meet new people. I'll see who's here. I know one person who was coming, but sure, I'll meet others. Like, it's a joy and a privilege for me to be here. And, um, and, and, and so when I travel... I need to be thinking about God. I need to be asking God for help all along. Um, and it's, a, it's asking God for help for willingness to do the extra footwork that I need to do, the willingness to pray in the morning, the willingness to... Traveling is also can be a great opportunity when we get out, when I get out of my regular routine. And so if I've been lacking in any of my disciplines at home, Traveling also gives me a chance to have a little extra time to pick up some of my tools, you know, literature, writing, um, that I may not have been using at home. So I, but I need to ask God for help with all of that and, and bring that. Um, and also t to be present in that moment, to really bring my prayer in each morning uh, when I travel so that when I'm sitting in front of the food, if I've got a choice to make, I have the willingness to ask God for help in that moment. Because things do come up when, you're out of, when I'm out of my regular routine. And if I'm not willing to pause and ask God for help, you know, 
I say to people all the time, the further I am away from food when I'm making the decision about what I'm going to eat, the healthier the choices are going to be. Once the food is in a plate in front of me, it's uh, on my own accord, it's almost impossible for me to um, you make the right choice. So I've got to do all that uh, beforehand be and, and, and get into that spiritual mindset. Um, the next part, the emotional part of traveling. Uh, so, you know, sometimes when I've traveled, it's been on, you know, it can be difficult. <laughs> you're spending more time with people than you're used to. I don't have my private space. I'm going, you know, it's exhausting on, on travel days. You, it can be exhausting. Um, it, there can also be high expectations on trips that aren't always met. Um, Maybe not everybody in the group is having fun, and boy, you better have some fun and, you know, stop complaining. And so, so I need to make sure that I have my emotional supports in place. And uh, so my sponsor and my sponsees are critical when I travel. And I think, oh my gosh, each year, e like each time I travel, especially in international travel, our ways of communicating are changing so quickly. And, um, and getting so much easier. We're very, very lucky right now. Um, uh, you know, when I used to travel, you know, you, you didn't, like, especially if you're international, you couldn't make a phone call. I mean, it, it, th that was a big, big deal. People would write postcards, you know, pass out postcards. Now, I, I was just talking, my friend's daughter is in New Zealand. And they're having a conversation like all day on Snapchat or WhatsApp or, you know, so, so what I want to say is if you don't have a sponsor, get a sponsor before you take the trip. You know, if you've got something coming up and you're thinking, how can I most have a successful abstinent trip? Make sure you have a sponsor <laughs> beforehand. And I call my sponsor. I, I don't call my Sometimes I call my sponsor. I send her an email, I text her, especially when I think things are going to go a certain way, and maybe they don't. I'm on a tour. I don't have control over when the meal times are. Um, and, you know, I need to make a decision. I can send a text. I can send a Facebook message or even an email, even if she's not going to receive it at right that moment. It's a surrender. And... Um, and I also say, if you're in a position to sponsor people and you're not, uh, become a sponsor. Because, um, you know, depending on where I'm traveling, uh, my sponsees um, say, you can still send me your food. And uh, even if I'm not sending my food or checking in daily to my sponsor, my sponsees are checking in with me. And there's nothing that makes you more willing than... Uh, knowing that you're accountable, that someone's counting on you, you know, to have a successful trip, to come back abstinently. So, though, and 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 having those lines of communication open, um, you know, allow me to ride the ups and downs emotionally when I'm traveling. Um, so the physical part, um, you know, of travel, plan, 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 right? Like. And again, uh, even in the last few years, we have so many more tools at our um, uh, at our disposable a disposal to use. So, 
I also, if I'm traveling, you know, by car, check to see if there's a refrigerator in the room if you can get it or, you know, if you can get a kitchenette, by all means. But if there isn't, um, you know, I've, I've flown and the f kind of the first thing we might do is um, after getting the rental car, it's finding the nearest grocery store, buying a cooler chest and get, getting, you know, some of the basics. Um, I also, when I'm traveling internationally, um, I do bring um, food with me. I don't leave it up to chance that the plane is going to arrive when it's scheduled to arrive. And, um, and yeah, I don't count on, on plain food. Um, so there's some really practical, you can, I'll just say, if you haven't traveled uh, through um, yogurt, is considered a liquid. You can't bring it through airport security. Um, and um, so don't bring yogurt. Um, or you'll be eating it real quick or throwing it out. Um, and also ice packs uh, usually have liquid in them. So you can't take ice packs through security at the airport. Um, but there's lots of food, depending on your food plan, that you can get through security that pack up really small. And you mentioned some of them. And, and uh, you know, with the caveat that you got to know if it's a trigger food, nuts and dried fruit pack up nice and small. I don't eat a lot of it when I'm home. But, again, check it with your sponsor, you know, because those can be trigger foods. Rice cakes, instant oatmeal packs, the plain kind, right, because there's all these crazy flavors now, and almost none of them except plain instant oatmeal, which, yuck, you know, like, but it does the job. And when you're in the middle of a flight and they're coming around serving breakfast or you're on the road and, um, or you get back to the hotel and it's eight o'clock at night and you're so tired and you're not wanting to search around for, you know, a proper potato, then instant oatmeal will do the job. And my sponsor always says, every meal doesn't have to sing. And that's a good thing to remember. Um, and, um, you know, baby carrots, you know, the carrot sticks and celery sticks and the little cucumbers that are small that you don't even have to cut up, those will last like two days. Carrot uh, baby carrots will last a while without refrigeration. If you're in the U.S. or you're traveling, uh, you don't have to go through security, V8 in a can uh, works for a vegetable. Uh, for me, anyway, and the people I sponsor. So, um, and, and it lasts without a refrigerator. So, um, and that's what I was doing before I got here today. You know, back at home, I was packing up a bag. I'm not on the meal plan here. I'm in a different hotel. I, I don't know who I'm having dinner with or, or if I'm just going to eat out of the bag that I brought, which is fine. It doesn't sing, but, you know, it does the job. So, um... Do you, re you know, I do my research, I check where the hotel is, and it's so great now. You can just go to Google Maps, find your hotel, and then say, um, supermarkets near me, and it'll, you know, find the supermarket. So I, I was just planning a trip to Paris, and which I unfortunately didn't get to go on, but um, I had the hotel, and I knew where the where the nearest little convenience store was. 
um, so internationally or or here at home um, uh, packing a bag really does um, does help and uh, knowing that mistakes are going to happen uh, they do happen um, but that's why having um, using the tools as well to be in touch with my sponsor and say oh you know this didn't work out we were on a bus tour and this happened on one of my last trips I'm on a bus tour and things went late and everybody else is kind of snacking we stopped at a winery I don't drink you know they're having like the little things at the winery we didn't get back to the hotel it was like nine o'clock at night I was so tired boy was I glad I had a little bit of leftover I wasn't wanting to eat it but I wasn't going to go search for a restaurant you know a restaurant in a foreign city at nine o'clock at night I was already we know the drill hungry angry lonely tired I was hungry I was so glad to go up to my room and eat that instant oatmeal you know that that I had and the five-day-old carrot sticks you know and I picked up some fresh fruit when I had gotten to town so I had you know some fresh fruit it worked it did the job I could eat and go to sleep and it also knowing that there was a little bit of food back in my room it also calmed me down on the bus yep it calmed me down knowing okay this is not going the way I'd hoped to but I'm not running the show here and um, hunger isn't going to kill me and there is another meal coming so um, preparation helps um, and again I I just want to circle back around it it's a joy and a privilege of my abstinence that I get to travel um, and I need to always keep that in mind it's a gift um, from my higher power uh, on this on this trip where where the meal came at, at nine o'clock I was on a similar trip and uh, when we we got back it was a tour I wasn't in charge of meal time or where we were eating um, they had a, and I don't even know if I mentioned I knew where we were going the country we were going to um, the, the kind of food that I eat is pretty plentiful there and um, I, I spent eight days with uh, 25 30 women and um, when we got back we had a little they had a little we had a reunion and they had a little award ceremony you know best questions most enthusiasm and I got um, my award that I that I don't think I'm prouder of anything else I've ever won um, uh, most flexible and easygoing <laughs> right and um, they didn't even know like some of the women even at that reunion like had no idea that I needed to do anything because we don't have to make a fuss you know when you're confident when you're talking to your sponsor those are the people your sponsor you know or your program friends that you're writing and emailing to those people you can freak out and go what do I do how do I handle this you know this is what they had for breakfast you know this not to the people you're traveling with you know so especially when you don't know them um, anyway it's uh, I'm really grateful to be here and um, and to share with all of you so thank you, thank you.
right. So um, we would like to remind OA members who are in other 12-step fellowships to speak only to their personal recovery as an OA member. Um, okay, we're going to open the meeting for three-minute pitches. This workshop will end at 6 p.m. Is there another one after this? No. Okay. So um, we will now open the floor for three-minute pitchers. Pitches. Uh, the timer will signal you when you have one minute left. If you would like to share, come to the front of the room and form a line to the right. You must sign the release form before you speak, which is right over by the table. Step up to the microphone and introduce yourself. Tell where you're from and how long you've been in OA. We would like to remind OA members who are in other fellowships to only speak about OA. And please stick to the topic of the meeting. For those who have arrived, arrived late, the topic of this workshop is traveling abstinently. The meeting is now open for sharing. Good evening, my name is Matthew and I'm covering over eater. I'm from New Haven, Connecticut. I've been in the program for about two years. I've been abstinent for about 18 months. Um, uh, by the grace of God and the help of the program, I've lost about 140 pounds. Um, I travel a lot, you know, on business, and um, that, that for me was probably one of the big challenges. Um, so to add to what has been said, the biggest thing is to use one of our biggest tools, and that's planning. Plan, plan of action is the biggest thing. And for me, um, it's spending a little time while you're getting ready, doing a little extra packing and packing things that you can bring with you. Um, for me, it's freezing certain meals that I can eat and putting them in my suitcase that's going to get checked anyway. So by the time I get to where I'm going, they're thawed out. It's calling the hotel ahead of time and making sure there's a refrigerator in my room and being willing to pay a couple of bucks out of my pocket if I have to to have one put there. Um, most hotels, though, they have restaurants. Um, it is finding supermarkets. I mean, I was able to go out and buy groceries at a Las Vegas convention right on the Strip. It was all within the rails of my food plan. Um, it's going out and... Uh, it is, for me, the plan is, is the most important thing. Um, it's when you have to go to a restaurant, we all, and, and, I, and I, go, I go to restaurants because I eat with customers, you know. It's telling the waiter that I need, to, I need to order something that's off the menu, you know, and looking at the menu. And a lot of times part of the plan is knowing where I'm staying or finding out where I may be going is going and looking at their menu so that when I walk in, I already know what I'm going to eat. And very frequently, you know, I'm taking like two of the appetizers and making a meal out of that. And I just tell them how I want it made. And they make it. You know, you're spending money at a restaurant. There's no reason why you can't ask them to make it the way you need it. Thank you. So for me, the, the action plan of, of having an action plan, that's the biggest part of, of traveling and staying abstinent when you're on the road. And um, it is checking in with, with the people in the fellowship. It is saying your prayer and your meditation and inviting your higher power into it to help you get along the way. And through that, and I'm just grateful to be a part of this. It's changed my life. And uh, um, you don't, there's, there's, the only way you're going to slip up is if you make the poor choices. They're out there. If you plan it and you, and you're, and you take action and you, 
and you concern yourself with what you have to do, and you'll get what you need. And you ask for his help or her help, and you'll get what you need. Thank you. Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm a compulsive overeater, sugar addict. Hi, Michelle. Hi, and I'm from New York City, and I've been in program by the grace of God um, since May of 1973. And my current abstinence, I think, is about 12 years or so. So I've been, but I keep coming back. Um, what I would like to add from my experience to what I've heard already today is about cruises. And, um, and I've done them um, abstinently, um, transatlantic, um, uh, uh, river cruises in in Russia and such and such and my experience is that if I tell the waiter or the maitre d my food allergies or what I can't eat that the food will be given to me that that fulfill my needs and um, I don't have to deal with those things I don't eat and um, and I if possible have gone to meetings on cruise ships and uh, they may not be OA meetings but they're 12-step meetings and I've always been uh, welcomed. I don't say um, what I'm not but I, I say what I am. Um, I too always <laughs> travel with food. One of my cousins used to say there's always a can of tuna fish in my car. <laughs> but that's not true. Now, I have a low blood sugar. I've been tested a couple of times, so I need to eat more than three times a day. And so there's always something in my purse. Um, if I'm driving and it's three hours since I've eaten or something, and I could feel it's either time to have a snack or it's I could feel my blood sugar just go out of my head. I mean, it's, it would be dangerous. I won't drive if I'm hungry. So... Um, I also have food in my purse or in my car, um, abstinent food, and I'm very grateful that um, a day at a time that I can keep on this path. And thanks. Hi, I'm Erin, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Hi, Erin. Hi, um, I'm from New York and um, been abstinent five and a half, just over five years. And in program just over five and a half years. And when I lost my abstinence four months in, I uh, was traveling. I was traveling with people, but by myself and for work. And um, in the last five months, I've been traveling somewhere around mostly the U.S., but also, you know, different countries uh, for work every other week. It's been a lot. And um, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about myself, and I've learned a lot about what's required for me in order to stay abstinent throughout my travels, and um, I appreciate the talk about spirituality around travel because uh, I, I know I can plan, 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 but if I'm not uh, tapping into my um, something bigger than me, then the plans are going to go out the window if I think I'm in charge and if I think I'm in control of any kind of situation. So um, for me, what I've found really helpful, especially when I travel alone, when I'm traveling for work and I know I'm going to have two or three hours in the hotel, and in the past I would think, oh my God, it's just three hours of a binge, that's what that's going to be, but um, for today, I got three hours to use the tools, 
to listen to a podcast or get on a phone meeting or um, talk with fellows or contact my sponsor um, or meditate or sit outside in quietness and stillness and that's not something I get often in New York and, um, and appreciate where I am because I'm going to be somewhere that I'm not used to wherever that is if I'm traveling and um, so whatever is different about that place I can appreciate that difference whatever it is um, even if it's not so so enjoyable um, and it's all temporary knowing that uh, I can move through I definitely wherever I go I really do try to make it to a meeting mainly because of curiosity I really want to know what the meetings are like there wherever they are and uh, it, when, when I'm planning going to a meeting going to a meeting in a meeting coming from a meeting I'm not binging I'm not thinking about food I'm really not I'm in I'm in my recovery um, and so as much as I um, and I always order off the menu and I always ask for what I need because that's what my higher my higher powers priority is me and so if I'm following my higher powers will I'm I'm putting my needs first I really am um, and so asking for what I need whether it's around the menu around food around bringing my food but also around uh, the way I spend my time I can't always if I'm traveling with people I can't always be with them all the time and often they're going to bars and they're going to restaurants and then they're going to another bar and like that's not really going to work out for me so well as it might for them and um, I, I've noticed that I need probably a slightly different bedtime when I'm traveling um, because of because I'll be got tired so I can plan an early bedtime. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Susan from Massachusetts, but transplanted from the only city that I was told everything else is a suburb, New York City. Um, I wanted to share the before planning and how I learned and the after planning. I came in 34 years ago when I was in an airport. I didn't know to take food with me. I didn't know to check, and of course there was a layover. I was stark, raving, hungry. The only food place in this airport was a McDonald's, and I knew there was nothing I could eat. So, and it was a little express McDonald's, and I walk in, and one of the vegetables I love is kale. They use kale as the decoration. So I filled up my plate with the kale, and then they had an apple. And I put two apples on the plate, and I go up to the cashier. She didn't know what to do with me. How to charge me. She had to get the supervisor over. But, you know, it worked. It filled me up. That was pre-planning. Fast forward about 30 years, and I love to camp. And I was scheduled to take a spiritual canoe trip down the Colorado River in Canyonlands National Park. Now... I have a lot of other planning in Europe and stuff, but if you're planning for a canoe trip, you don't have control, you don't have a stove, you don't have control of the supermarkets, and also you have to travel light because everything gets carried on your back or in the canoe. But all the tools came in. I asked, what are you planning for food? And I always do that so I can integrate what I bring with what they're having. And then I said, will there always be a fire? Yes. Will there be a pot? Yes. And will there be water? Yes. So I said, I'm good to go. And then I looked at my different foods. I had to get creative with what was light and dehydrated. 
and the one night when I was making my one pot meal and it was thank you uh, people said my goodness that smells wonderful what are you eating uh, and so I never went hungry but the funny thing was we had four canoes and we had a box that carried all the food you know and don't you know I get caught in the canoe with all the food <laughs> and the snacks so after about an hour or two of canoeing it's time to take a break on the water so everybody starts coming over to my canoe and imagine every binge food snack is coming out of the box but you know what I planned for that um, I knew I needed chewy things um, I happen to like seaweed um, I can chew on it. It has the salt because when you're exerting a lot of effort, and there I was chewing on my seaweed while everybody is munching on everything else. So thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sherry, compulsive overeater. Um, I've been in program since March 13th. Uh, this is my first convention. Um, so. Bear with me if I get nervous and go off track. <laughs> um, so this is my first session too today, and um, over the summer I've been traveling, not completely abstinently, but it hasn't been as difficult as I had thought, and I think the one thing that's made a big difference for me is that I've been honest with my friends that I'm really trying to do something um, with my life, and I've told more than a few that I'm in OA, and I've gotten nothing but support and love um, from my friends. Um, and it's good when they ask me questions because it brings me straight back into program and remembering why I'm doing it, and I can spread different messages and the slogans that just pop out of my mouth that have just kind of made their way <laughs> into my brain, apparently. Um, I'm able to give that to them, too. Um, I didn't make huge good plans for this travel trip um, but I'm lucky because I'm here with my sponsor so she's working with me through each of the decisions that I'm having to make um, and so learning to try to take care of myself and take a break when I need to take a break because I can get overwhelmed with people everywhere and talking and it's great because I know we're all here for a great reason but if it gets too stuck in my head that's not a good place for me to be um, so I want to thank everybody for being here and thank you for being supportive and being part of this program because it's really starting to change my life and um, I couldn't think of a better place to be and travel and a place to learn. So thank you very much. Do we have anyone else who wants to share? All right, well, it's 10 off, I think. Yep. Yeah, okay. And it's dinner time, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll close it? Yeah. yeah. All right, so um, we'd like to thank everyone who attended this workshop. We now close the meeting with the serenity prayer. Um, and we held hands in the last meeting, which I thought was really nice if um, I know we always joke about the New Englanders, you know, compared to other regions of the country. So, come on, New Englanders, let's try, hold hands, you know. We're not that scary. Yeah, you know. Come on. Okay. Yeah.
We need some big Westerners. Turn around. Here we Personal travel, family travel, and all that.